we did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video on YouTube or on your favorite podcast platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms where I give you a heads up about upcoming shows and which date and time they will be aired. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the shows, MP3 files which you can download, or links to your favorite platform like iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and all other major sources. You can find information for upcoming and past talk show appearances as well as new book projects at MarlenePardo.com. You can also purchase books and merchandise there. And you can visit my author page on Amazon at Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Due to popular demand, I'm narrating my True Believer stories that have collected throughout the years in a new series called Supernatural Storytime. You can find links at SupernaturalStoryTime.com. If you are into classic horror, ghosts, and adventure stories, I narrate some of those at Nightshade Diary. And you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If you would like to read noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. I do want to thank you all for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi everybody, this is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles Stories of the Supernatural. How is everybody doing? Good, I hope. Today I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing great. Uh, I know a lot of people have asked me, how's the micro farm coming along? It's coming along. Uh, a lot of rain here in South Florida, which I'm very happy about. Uh, it gets in the way of doing a lot of stuff, but uh, it's great when you're into farming, as I've said before. Uh, but anyway, let's get on to the really important stuff, which is who the guest is, or guests. In this case, we have two, two for the price of one. Okay, and um, this is... Uh, a couple their name is Brian and Linda Purdy and they are the co-founders of Elite Vegas Paranormal Society which they established back in 2008 and uh, they are paranormal investigators and usually what they do is like a lot of paranormal investigators is help families who are in need of assistance with paranormal activity um, along with their son David they've been featured on ghost adventures aftershocks and David Purdy was a cast member in the hit we TV series ghost in the hood now, as you could tell, and, and you know, I've spoken about this before, about groups that last, that have a history because 
Nowadays, a lot of uh, groups get together and within the first 12 or even 24 months, that's it. Their history, they fall apart, uh, either lack of experience or people. It's just they 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 believed the hype of some of the paranormal shows and they didn't realize that a lot of times you go on investigations that either they're boring or nothing happens. And then it's like, wow, this is nothing like what I saw on TV. So, again, um, you know. I, I'm very excited when I come across a group that's been together for a while because they've got great stories to tell and uh, that usually indicates a good understanding of what I've said before. The supernatural is not an on-demand thing despite what we may see in some shows. Sometimes it does, it goes on full display, but there's a lot of times that's either very subtle or just that's it. Doesn't mean nothing's there, but it just doesn't cooperate the way we would like it to. But anyway, let me welcome them to the show. How are you doing today? How are you doing, doing tonight? How are you? Brian and Linda. Great. And I'm so excited to have you both here. And what I wanted to ask you both, and please answer whichever or you would like, is how did you get involved in the paranormal? Uh, childhood experience or what happened? Everything. Well, <laughs> yeah, which is true, but mainly it's because of our son, David. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And further back, Further back, when I was a teenager, I had some experiences. And so we, you know, at that time, when I was younger, there was no internet, right. you know, magazines and books and stuff, but really nothing out there to kind of explain what mm -hmm. I was going through. So I just dealt with it, you know, fear, difficult time sleeping. You know, Linda lived in a... Basically an Amityville horror. It oh my like God. Okay. I got to hear these stories because it sounds like it wasn't like, you know, because I've had some people that have had like maybe one or two things when they were a kid, but that was, it was like a one or two time thing and never again. But it sounds like you guys, there was repetition in what was going on with you guys. Yeah. yeah I because mean, Brian had experience. I had experiences when we were young, but then again, you grow up and you don't right, think Right. Right. Yeah. And, and then, this is before yeah. any shows were out there. Yeah. There was... Right. You know, when I was a kid, I used to go to the TGNY. I don't even know if they have those anymore. <laughs> no. But I used to go up there and, you know, I'd spend a dollar getting about four magazines. You know, they were on UFOs and Bigfoot yeah. and and stuff. But they were really just stories. Yeah. So they really didn't explain. It, it fueled my interest, but it didn't really explain what was going on, what was happening. So as a kid, you, you know, you just chalk it up to being afraid of, of the dark. You know, the, the monster's under my bed, it's in my closet, whatever. Um, but I had episodes of, of um, what they call sleep paralysis. Oh, you did? Wow. So I was about, I was I think I was about 17, and I remember waking up in the morning, and I couldn't lift my body. I couldn't lift my head, and I okay. was freaking But I was awake. Yeah. And it, it didn't, I'm in the medical field, so I understand mm -hmm. what sleep paralysis is. But this didn't feel like sleep paralysis. From what I've read, sleep paralysis is this actually felt like something was holding me down. So I freaked out. I called for my mom. My mom came in, and of course, as all moms do, um, she yeah. said, "You're going to school." <laughs> I, you know, I have to laugh because, yeah, she's thinking you're like you're 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 putting her on. You're like yeah, trying to get out from going to school. Yeah, you stuff like that. I am, but this was not. This was the real deal, and and it's it. It scared the hell out of me. Yeah. So I, I had no one to tell, no one to talk to about. It was later on uh, when our son, David, was starting to, he was five. Yeah, he started getting night terrors. 
and then he started walking in his sleep and then he started like having conversations in the daytime with certain things or, or something there um so at that time i think um uh what was that the book? scariest places on earth yeah or is on okay, i remember that show yeah most haunted and then ghost hunters at the beginning stages and we're like we started oh. to find more research material at that time and we started to like us. books not right. I mean, so, the internet was very very new at yeah first time. first things first we took him to the doctor yeah right. doctor high sugar diet high fatty diet yeah, he, yeah. he's not burning off so he's still got energy when he goes to sleep okay the problem is linda doesn't cook that way and, and Dave, been, yeah. to this day doesn't eat sweets he's not a sweet eater Right, we'd right. Them and we'd bring a big old bag. And at that time, we had a business in New Mexico. And we'd take it every day and put it on our counter so that the clients would eat it. Because he wouldn't. You know so, what? I, I And I know maybe sometimes the doctors, they give some advice versus saying, I really don't know. But still, you know, you can be a kid that's got extra energies. But between that and night terrors, there's a big difference. Well, and then it was just more like we could just see him. Like, you know, he was speaking to someone like wow. that. Wow, yeah, see. He's searching, and he's saying, they're telling me I have to find it. He's digging through his, his toy box, Wait, yeah. and he's throwing stuff out, and he goes, I gotta find it. They're telling me I have to find it. And we're like, what, what are you talking about? And, and he he's, yeah. seems awake, but he's asleep. So we'd get him back to the bed, and he'd finally wake up, and then he's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So wow. it was for him to this day, he's 27 now, and, but he will always remember where it was, Brit. He always feels like, and even our, our, daughter, our daughter too, when we moved into this house, there was a little fall space, but we didn't know it was at the end of the hallway. We just barely moved it was in. It in a closet. Yeah, we didn't even know it was there. They okay. found it. When and, we weren't there. Yeah, when we weren't there, of course. But for David, he goes, I clearly remember we opened it. He goes, I honestly felt that we opened something. We let okay. something. You know, I've heard of that. I've heard of stuff like that, where people open up some either closet or hidden room or stuff like that, and stuff, something happens, something, it, you know, it, it changes. They, they, and then they start experiencing things. I've heard of that before. This was a, this was a, it was an older home. But not like. But not, we're not talking like hundreds of years yeah. old. You know, like maybe 30, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. And. Well, this recent about. Five years ago? Yep. About five years ago, we went back home and we just we happened just drove by, by it. and there was a lady outside and we just thought, oh, hey, hi. That's know? Linda. Linda will stop and talk <laughs> to strangers. So she got out and she was watering the plants and we were just admiring the work that she had kept up the yard the way we had it. Uh -huh. And Linda said, hey, do you mind if we take a look? We told her who we were. She goes, so you're the Purdy's. Wow. And Everybody, you're like, okay, is that good or bad? You know, I was like, okay. Well, we walked in and it was like she did not change anything. The curtains, the carpet. Wow. He did yes. exactly how we left it. And, and this has been yeah. eight, eight, nine years. Yeah. That we've been That's a, that's incredible because Yeah. It's kind of odd. Though, and we were in the backyard. A, we were in the backyard because there was an old lantern that I my grandfather uh, I got from my grandfather's ranch and I left it there and I, I hated that I forgot it. So I asked her if I could have it. She was absolutely taken. So that was very okay. nice. And after that, she asked, she goes, can I ask you a question? And we're like, sure. And she goes, is this place haunted? <gasps> oh. 
So she started telling us about the stories that she was having yeah, with okay. her son in the same bedroom. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it was Doors pretty fascinating. opening, closing, things like that. Because this this house did do that. There were things that just happened in this house. Yep. Can you imagine? And, I mean, what talk about validating something? Yes. yes. That's that, incredible. It happened, but when it happens, it's amazing. It's like wow, that was that was something. And she and and that's you know when. I mean, what are the chances you go in there, she's got everything the same way, and then she asks you that question, and you're like, what? She even had still where, you know, the markings of our kids, you know, their the height. Right, yeah, the growth, yeah, the, the things where you mark off their height. She was going through a divorce. Uh-huh. She and her son got a deal on this house, and the landlord was amazing. He was a great guy. He treated us very well. Um but she said that she was so doubtful once she bought this house that she she was didn't know if she made the right move. This whole night. she went and she laid in in the bed in the back room after a long day of moving, turned off the lights, and on the ceiling were all the little plastic glow in the dark stars that okay. we had put up for the kids. Okay. And she goes, when I see those stars, I knew this was the right house. There you go. Yeah. And she's comfortable after yeah. that. And we're still friends with her today. Yeah, Facebook friends, yeah. Let me ask you something. When you guys moved away, what what happened with your son's night terrors? Did he stop experiencing things when you guys moved out of there? Well, he, he did. When he, he got did, older. When he got older, but still to this day, okay. he can take, or he'll take melatonin because his dreams. They come to him in his yes, dreams. We found this out over time. Okay. Like what was happening, you know, meeting, uh, uh, just getting into this field, we were able to meet, you know, mediums and just meet people. Right. Team members. Yeah, you know, and then we started figuring it out uh, with our son. So basically, he is a medium in some sort of way, but this, they just, he's able to see him in his dreams. And okay. So, mm -hmm. okay. Okay, because people don't realize that a medium and a psychic are two different things. You could be a psychic and not necessarily a medium. So... Right. That's the best way I can do yeah, it. Yeah, right, 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 right. They tend to come to him in his dreams, and he remembers yes. it vividly yes. every time he's dreaming. So which, which they say that happens a lot of times when you're really young, and you start getting them coming, trying to communicate with you, and you're a child, and you are basically, for lack of a better word, are wigging out, like, I can't take this because they... There's no boundaries there. They want to talk about things that shouldn't shouldn't hear about, you know, maybe some maybe how they were killed or... You know, they come looking really horrible looking, and that's why, yeah, yes. that, that makes a lot of sense as far as uh, a lot of kids. It's, and if the family, thankfully, you guys were, like, receptive to, like, thinking of what was going on. Like you said, the first thing, of course, you take your kid to the doctor, but then you were, like, open to, like, thinking, okay, so what is really going on here with him? Yeah. Because, well, you have, I mean, that's, we've always been that way, yeah. and I, I think that's why we've stayed in this field so long, because we still... You know, we've, we've experienced, we've gotten to the point where we realize there's nothing, we, we can't prove it to anybody else. Right. But we were able to prove it for ourselves. And, and sometimes and that's, that's all that really matters at the end of the day. That's all you can really do because, you know, I, <clears throat> excuse me, I tell people, you know, what kind of evidence would you be able to provide to really prove to somebody, you know, that, that spirits or ghosts exist? Exactly. I mean, exactly. somebody would knock it down. Somebody would say it's CG or yeah, whatever. Especially nowadays with stuff like uh, that, what they can do with all this, like you said, 
uh, you know, all the computer programs that can alter stuff almost seamlessly for, you know, like right. very difficult to detect. Let me ask you, Linda, you said that you grew up like an Amityville house. What was, what would happen? Oh, when I, when I, started, I, ne I never saw it. Uh, you know, we, we met later in life and she had moved out of this house and a year or two ago, we went to Albuquerque to visit family and she goes, you know what? We have time. We're driving around. I want to take you by my old house on 12th street. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> So we, we did. We went down there, and I go, you lived in freaking Amityville 4. Because <laughs> that's what it looked like. Yeah. The uh -huh. windows. The windows. The same little shape to it. The window, two little windows at the top. Like oh, that yeah. Dutch colonial thing. Yeah. Wow. That house had so much going on. I mean, one, one I definitely always saw shadows. I remember just things moving around. I do that. But, it, like, we would have the mirror. You know, one of those Remember those mirrors that were like bolted into the the walls, you know, where they yes. had all the screws and it was just, you know, the mirror itself, no frame or anything. Right. You know, old time thing. I yeah. Know. Well, I mean, it just came shattered. It, the screws were there, but the middle just, just fell. Wow. Things like that. Um, we used to live on the bottom portion of the house and then the rooms would be rented on top. Mm hmm. I'm telling you. In the middle room, always something happened with those people that lived there. We had a couple that was like domestic fighting, and then all of us, the next thing you know, a few weeks later, they were found dead. We had, yeah, we had a woman, uh, another uh, woman that lived there. A few after that, she was like um, beaten up really bad. It was like this room. It was crazy. But you told me there was a lady living under your steps. Oh yeah, a lady lived under our, underneath our house. <laughs> the front steps. She uh, what? She was living underneath our house and underneath the house under the front. A vagrant. Yeah. A, was, like a crawl, like that crawl space that you have underneath the house. You know how they have the front porch, the lattice work. Yeah. On the bottom. Uh huh. Living yeah. under there. Yeah. So when did you guys? How did you guys <laughs> realize this? No I'm way. sorry, I'm laughing, but I. It, yeah, we were so weird. And I remember going down to the basement, and there was this area, and I remember there was like this hole in this the wall. It was just weird. It was a hole in the wall. But I used to always think, oh, that something's that I always felt something was there, and I would always go go close that door. Uh -huh. And every uh -huh. time that door would always be open. Because I would ask my mom, and I'm like, did you open the door? She goes, what are you talking about? You know, right. my mom yeah. would down there do laundry, and she goes, I don't. I go, I shut the door. She goes, I don't open the door. I would always shut that door because I, that was, and I can still, in my head, still see that hole in the wall that I knew something was there. But we'd always have things move. Things would always be missing. I would always see shadows. But again, I was a kid, and I mean, it was so weird. You know what? I was never afraid. Oh, yeah, always. that's that's what I tell everybody. You know, when you're a kid, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You, you're like, you're stuck. It's like, you know. Yeah, but we had... I mean, lots and lots of things always happen in that house. You yeah, know? it sounds like you got that cursed apartment, which was like, yes. you sure you want to move there? <laughs> yeah. I know. I, 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 there's places like that that you think, why in that specific? I mean, think, bad things happen to people. It's not like, come on, you know, that's understandable. But sometimes, like you said, when you see like everybody that moves there, man, it's a catastrophe happens to these people. Like, it's like, yeah, that room. You know, it's all bad energy. So anybody that moved there has some sort of yeah, so something catastrophe in their yeah, lives. It was. It was like Did you ever house. know any history about the house? Or was it old or anything like that? It's a funny 
I never even thought about researching it. Well, now that you said that, I should research it's it. It's downtown Albuquerque, so it's in it's in a part of the oldest part. The of, oldest part. Yeah, of I was Albuquerque. gonna say if it's downtown, yeah, that's usually the oldest part of a of a city is usually that downtown area. So yeah, more than likely, it's it's older. It's got history, you know. It's yeah. like that. You know, in New Mexico or you know Adobe style and stuff. So mm -hmm. to see a colonial type or yeah. or a barn shape is really rare. I mean, those were. Not very uh, often that you would see people. Yeah, wow. that's I need to do that just to see. That's interesting. Never even thought of it. Isn't that funny? Never even. But you know what? And 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 that part where you say about the lady that in your crawl space because the house I live in now it's got a significant crawl space. I mean, we don't have basements down here in South Florida because we got like limestone. You'd have to dynamite to get a hole. But this house is an older house and it's got the a pretty big crawl space. I mean, we've got as a matter of fact, we got lattice. You know, we put up so that we don't get any bigger animals going in there. Oh, you know, because the last thing I want is about the only thing that can get in there is maybe uh, you know a rat or a toad or something, but nothing bigger. Right. You know, but I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, a human being is like what? But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was because I remember with my sister, she was on the phone and it was one with the long cord, and she was just walking in yeah. and out. Of kitchen on the porch and she saw this lady crawled out and she's like mom and I, I swear to God. God. and then my you know because I was in the living room and we all got scared and my mom comes running out she's like oh my god she's calling the police yeah of course of course man talk about man that's like that but that's a great story that's a great story so here you are you you know, obviously, like you said, you, you got interested in the paranormal because, you know, trying to help your son. And like you said, and I, I I tell everybody, you know what, when I got into paranormal investigation, which is in the 90s, you had to develop. I mean, you had to pay to develop film. You know, people don't think that there was once upon a time, there was no such thing as digital photography. It would cost you a lot of money. Uh, and, and of course, back then there was maybe a camera. There was not all the stuff that they've got available now. Uh, as far as you, if you were going to do investigations, and even then, if you used a camera, talk about you had to be absolutely lucky, very lucky to capture something um, yeah. on on film. Uh, and then, of course, you would spend the money on it. And, you know, and a lot of it, I tell people, you know, the, the human beings, and I'm not talking about the psychics besides being, you were the best instrument. You know, you sometimes felt a draft. You got the prickly skin, you know, and after a while, you kind of developed a sensitivity. You know, you were kind of honest with yourself as in, okay. You know, in other words, you weren't trying to create a feeling. It was like, okay, this feels, I, I'm feeling something, either the, you know, electrostatic charge, uh, the prickly feeling, the cold draft, or just sometimes a really bad feeling of dread. But, um... Sometimes I, I think that recently a lot of the equipment has taken away from the how effective humans are, the human body is for, for picking up you know, on paranormal activity. It's funny because we, we you know, we were like, any, any chance we had something new came out, we bought it. Yeah. We bought it, we tested it. We have tons of stuff that, that we may have taken. Failed. Yeah, it, it didn't <laughs> yeah. live up to expectations, yeah. so we just, we sidelined. And we had an investigation that we did uh, for family this past week. And we walked out of here. I mean, we have cases, I mean, cases and cases of equipment. Right. We walked out with one case, one camera. That's what we, we took yeah. to this investigation because we found that, you know, there's a few key pieces that can give you information. Right. Really talking to the family, listening. Yes. You know, use your, your, 
your uh, senses, that's that's the best uh, right. device you have to this day. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. You try to think of, uh, you know, the, the you know, okay, let's find a non supernatural reason for what you're experiencing. You know, obviously, you want to go down that route, right. but then you know. And sometimes it's a question. Sometimes it's the timing is good, and it's you get a lot of, you know, and also, uh, I, you know, a lot of people. I, I want to say that sometimes, especially with a lot of the shows, people jump to the conclusion too quickly that it's paranormal, or it's a ghost. Yes. And sometimes you have to like say, wait, let's take it one step at a time. Tell me again, what is what are you experiencing? You know, like what what's going on? What's this? What's that? And they're like, no, but it's a ghost. And it's like, wait, wait, yeah, let's let's. Obviously, we, we, we don't, we love them all. Um, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, because a lot of people will dog them, and I just say, look, guys, our phones ring because it's in the public. Right. It's being out there in mass. And, and that's but why it's our I, job to educate the right. public. Right. It's our job to go out there and say, look, there's there's hours where you sit in. Yes, and you don't, God, yes. It's quiet. It's boring. Yeah. You know, everybody thinks you're you know running down always screaming because something happened that isn't right. always and we tell yeah. our clients thing we'll go into your home um we want you to stay there we want you to be right right remove the catalyst i don't want to take out people that may be yeah. the ones the ghosts are interacting the spirits are interacting mm-hmm. so we have them stay there we have conversation we talk in normal tone and we just listen you know exactly. and if something if something happens great a lot of times it doesn't. A lot of times yeah. it takes returns before we ever see any kind of evidence. Right. And and I've been, you know, especially if you're talking an intelligent haunting, well, if it's a residual, I know sometimes it's cyclical. And if you're yeah. not there at the right time, right date, nothing. Yeah. But even sometimes intelligent hauntings, despite what some people think, there are some entities that do not want to communicate with humans. And they make themselves scarce especially when there's a paranormal team in the house. They kind of yeah. like hide out. You they know. sense, they sense they, a they different way. They're like, yeah. They're like, oops. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, you have the other ones that don't, but there's a lot of them uh, that it's almost like, okay, let me just make myself scarce until they go away. Go away, go away, go away, go away. You know, and then they don't do any manifestation. They, they're very subtle and um, it, it's really weird. I, I, I've come across that before and or things start happening towards the very end after you've been there a few hours. <laughs> yeah. They're getting comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Like they're almost like, okay, well, and then you, things start visit picking friends. up. If you go visit friends for the first time and they have kids, yeah, you know, friends and stuff, their kids kind of stay in the bedroom. They kind of lag back because they're not ready to come out. And then by the end of the evening, they're out there, you know, the crawling in your lap, you know, it's right. Well, you know, even- there were people too. Well, you know what? And one of the things I noticed, and this was after, you know, when you do X amount of investigations, you start, like you said, you start seeing a pattern. Um, That thing about after hours, I realized, like, once you're there, like, you know, like, if things are set up, in other words, set up, it's quieted down. Sometimes, depending on what time you're there, you know, it might be like later at night or early morning, you know. In other words, very little activity, very little noise. And the, actually, like, the energy level on the investigators have dropped you know, either people are sitting, waiting, you know, like and some people are even dozing in some cases. And it's almost when everything drops, energy level, 
Almost like, you know, haven't you ever heard of people having experiences when they're falling asleep? Like, it's almost... You can't tell if it's the dream state or not. Or... It's like when everybody calms down or something happens, that all of a sudden you start, you know... Besides the fact, of course, that it's quieter, that it's almost allows them to come in and, you know... We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. I mean, there's maybe a part that we don't understand fully, it, but I've seen that that's when there's an uptick of manifestations, whether it's auditory or something that you see or cold spot, yep. well, whatever, well, you know, whatever's going on there. Uh, it's almost like when everybody brings their energy down and almost like when you said, when you're like thinking, I'm really bored and how long yep. am I going to be here? <laughs> like, Linda, Linda always tells people, um, you know, don't be afraid to have a conversation. Because yeah. sometimes yeah. when yes. you take yes. your focus off of them and we're talking in a normal tone yes. about, yes. you know, give, tell me something else that's happened or whatever, whatever, give me more information on it. Then all of a sudden something happens because yes. you're not yes. focused on them. So you're not paying attention to them. So they're like, wait, come back over here. Remember me? When, you're when here we for always me. go yes. into a sketch, uh, when we go to a, a, a house, uh, based, uh, when we're investigating a home, I immediately turn on the recorder. Right. The reason why I do that is because we're just talking, and then you—I don't know—you capture so much more, and that's right. That just because everyone's comfortable, and then when you review it, and actually we still have to review this one that we just did. I know we're going to capture something because we had a lot of just conversations of them telling us what was going on, and then also just side conversations of just talking there will be something there. Exactly. And you hear like, exactly like what you said, like they're not getting the attention and you hear like a noise, like some other part, like yep. something yeah. drops or something that you're like, okay. <laughs> it's almost like, okay, you need to, you know, weren't we the stars? Were we to pay attention yeah. to us again? Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I, I've had that experience as well. And um, let me ask you, and I ask it, how about coming across investigations where have, that you have to tell your client, look, uh, because you're not going to call them liars, but I don't think there's anything here that's supernatural. Have you ever had that situation and they don't yeah. want to take your word for it because they insist? We we tell them, you know what? There's plenty of other teams out here that, yeah. that you you know bring out. We did not capture anything. Right. You know, you, we may want to come out again in a few weeks or something and see if you know the energy right. difference, whatever. I said it doesn't always happen on cue, mm -hmm. um, which they usually expect. Of course, um, yeah. A lot of times clients play it up a little bit. You know, yeah. oh, it happens every night at this time. Right. And you go there and it's like, 
But you know, I, but I have to say though, we are very particular on what cases we are going Correct. to investigate for home. Okay. Um, we, I would say, what maybe a handful, if anything, a year, maybe. Okay. But it's because we have a process. We have our case manager. She's also a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. So they call in. She'll ask them certain questions. She'll say, sure. "These yes. are very." she'll let them know and she will get that information and then she's like yes. yeah no, this is this is something more there's that, alcohol yeah. there's drug abuse yeah. right right people don't don't that, that will alter your perception of reality quite drastically <laughs> yeah and for us the big key is when they email or they phone and they say there's a, i think there's a demon in my house yeah that's well, another one yeah a big cue for us so we have people in town that are are, we'll are, jump on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it. it to them. That's their. They say that's their specialty. You know, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go mess with something that I'm not trained to handle. Of course um, not. Of course. We not. Want and, and it's surprising though. I have to say though, and I think it's. I'm not gonna say it doesn't exist, but sometimes people go there too quickly also because I think it's like, you know, do you really realize what you're thinking? If it is accurate, do you re realize what kind of headache you're talking about? What a problem that truly is. Yes. Or just how, just like you said, just they jump to that right away. Yes. That, it didn't get bad overnight. <laughs> it's not going to go away overnight. Yes. And this is a process and we have to, you know, they're like, well, I just want you to get rid of it. And I said, I need to know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I can go in there and you want to save your house, save your house. The one couple, I know one couple that did that and it pissed it off. Yeah. You know, they, well, they, I, you know what? And I'm glad you brought that up. Have you ever done cleanups? And what I mean by cleanup, gone in after some team that was yeah. provocation, yeah. confrontation, or inexperienced, stupidity, whatever you want to call it, and then all the above. Yeah, have you guys gone in on a case after you know when then the people are the poor client is pulling their hair out, thinking, "Oh my God." Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. People call all the time and say, "Well, we had this other group come out," and I said, "Look, when you call and they if 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 you call somebody and they leave the house ten minutes later, uh -huh. they're going." They're ghost hunters. They want to go. They want the thrill of sitting in a in a strange place, you know, in the dark with their equipment, and it makes them feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm not right. not good for you. Right. And then there's paranormal investigators. Those are the people that actually have a plan. Right. They're gonna they're gonna talk to you. They're gonna try to discover about you, about your location. You know, the one we went to this past week. You know, when we got the information, it was one thing. But right. when we interviewed the family. It was many things that it could be. So we were like, it went deeper into the family before these two, this couple ever got together. And, and that's part of it. And, know, then, and then like for us too, now, you know, we do try to research the home and we do try, you know, it's so funny when you said, have you ever tried researching? We've never investigated our home either. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. you know what? And, 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 and I don't know, I've had experiences where when you, like you said, you're doing more in-depth conversation and you know the client feels more comfortable with you you know and stuff and then you realize you know what it almost sounds like you're haunted you might have a haunting here because they start talking about where they've had experiences their whole life like wherever they go if this, yeah, this, this, uh, that's exactly what this family yeah, does okay yeah both of them individually yeah. had things going on in their in their life prior to getting together so right. it's the house we're like going you know and then you have those people out here we have a lot of new homes and people mm -hmm. are like, something's going on in my house, but no one's ever died here. And I wow. said, well, they have to die in this house. You know, it could be the property it's on. Yeah, you know, like, of course. 
It can be a lot of different things. That's why we investigate. We need to go in there and find out what is going on. Right. And um, I've heard also um, some, yeah, it's, it's, it's both ways. I tell, you know, once upon a time, you know, when people would say, well, somebody died in the house, you know, I tell them, you know, once upon a time, not that that long ago, really, people gave birth and died at home. It was normal. It wasn't, yep. there was not morbid. It was, and then they would even have the weights sometimes, you know. Yep. And, but then I've also heard that, you know, you kind of think about, but I've heard of hauntings where um, the death, it, I mean, sometimes it's a neighbor, believe it or not, or an accident on that corner. Doesn't have to necessarily be exactly, or very importantly, what you said on the land. Because or some, connected to that person or something or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know? they just, it's high granite, high limestone. So it's just the energy is naturally higher in that area. The high quartz. Right. That could, it could be so nothing many, to do with that house. It's just the location. Well, I was, um, I was speaking to a person the other day and he, he was telling me how, um, he had, uh, he, I guess he lived in a smaller town. Okay. And there was a neighbor, uh, you know, you know, it's one of these smaller areas, you know, where everybody knows everybody else. And there was this one guy who had a problem with drinking and, you know, everybody kind of understood it. And I want to say, I think it was, his, yeah, his grandfather would always help this guy, like help him, like get him off the road or sit him down or take him home. You know, one of those things, like everybody knew this, knew when the guy died, eventually his house got demolished. He started seeing him, the guy in his house, oh. which had his, had been his family's home. In other words, it had belonged to his grandparents. Uh, and then, you know, it stayed in the family. And he says, all of a sudden he sees this guy and he recognizes him because, I mean, the guy had been dead for quite a while, but it wasn't till after the house got demolished. He had been dead and the house got demolished. Apparently, you know, I guess because of his, um, you know, problems with alcohol, he never repaired it. It was like really bad shape where the family afterwards said like, level it. The next thing he knows, he's seen that guy in his kitchen. <laughs> and it's like, and I'm thinking, well, probably you were, you, you didn't live too far away from him. Plus the fact that your grandfather who was deceased also by that time, was the person that used to help him out and, uh, you know, get him out of harm's way when he was like, had had too, too much to drink. So people don't understand sometimes there's tie-ins as to why certain spirits or ghosts appear at certain places. It doesn't necessarily have to be that it was either their house or that they died there or anything like that. That's how they think. This is how we think. It's like it had to happen here. Something had to happen here. Right, right. And, um... And a lot of times, and I, when we talk about the land, and I don't know if, do you remember back, I want to say it was either 80s or 90s. It was the, um, God, it was that little development in Texas. Oh, my God. Black, no, black, something. That it was uh, that they had sold these houses in Texas. And then it was like a, like the first eight or ten houses. You know, it was like you could buy like a, a customized house. It was and that everybody then started experiencing all these hauntings. And later on, it turned out that the houses or the development had been built on a cemetery. Okay. Now, my point being that, because I was reading up on it, God, I could kick myself for not remembering the name of it. Black Hill, not Black Hills, Black, it was in Texas. Wow. But anyway, all the, I think it was initially eight houses that all the neighbors uh and they discovered they discovered that apparently the burials had been it was an african-american cemetery 
and that they had a little town, but the town had burnt down, and the cemetery had not been used since the 1930s. It was not, I guess, an official cemetery. It was, but it wasn't. In other words, the developers themselves of the land, it wasn't that they were lying. They themselves didn't know what the use of that land had been for. Okay? And some. my point being that sometimes even when you go into these new developments, the builder or the developer, whoever does the land sale, might not even know themselves right. what was there. And, I mean, um, yeah. You see a construction site have to get yes. halted because they come across a burial site. Right, right. Well, this is what happened with them. That because they saw that at one point they were saying that they had seen uh, one of the trees, like an old oak with a, like something that was um, like a marker that somebody had put a marker on it, but they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. And l later on, it turns out that it was a marker, like indicating there was a grave there. And basically how it came about was, I want to say it was either him or a neighbor was about to build a pool. And, you know, they were coming in there to dig. And some guy comes up, the real older man, and tells him, hey, by the way, you know that you're going to dig up some graves. And they're like, what? He goes, I know, because he was an older guy. I helped dig. And sure enough, they brought up two coffins. Wow. And that's how they realized, really, then of course, they started doing the research. Everybody started going back. Uh, and the, the haunting got so severe that they tried to get their money back like saying like hey you know we were sold these like in other words that we would have known that we were buying a house on a they cemetery but they didn't were successful because as it turns out the developer it wasn't that they didn't that they lied to them they themselves did not know since it was not a registered cemetery per se in the county or whatever right. registered that and they they ended up moving out there was a whole story. I think they even made a movie about it. God, I, could, I can't believe it. And I, I, people don't realize that there's a lot of, even in bigger cities, but when they start out, there's a lot of places that, what I call unofficial graveyards, where, like uh, out here where I'm at, they had one when they were building the railroads. Uh, you know, they had a lot of people coming from different parts of the country to work uh, on these places. And people died or had accidents and some of these people the family didn't claim the bodies and the company you know they had maybe one cemetery like for the citizens and it was like okay nobody's willing to pay for it but what are we going to do with this worker we have to bury them so they would just say okay you know that corner over there put them in there and then of course eventually people forgot that at one point that that had been used for burying uh just people that had no family or nobody to claim the bodies. Yeah, basically well, a potter's field. Yeah, potter's, a potter's field, but not even a potter's field, because you know usually you have cemeteries who are will say, well, it's a potter's field, that corner. But this is just like, for nobody forget, forget a marker. You never know you're gonna have a marker there, so. Hey, you're in this Nevada. Is Vegas. This is Vegas, I mean, it was it was brutal. Yes. You know? This, this town didn't happen like other towns. It was very violent. Let me I ask mean, you. I, I wrote a book. My, my first book was about uh, the haunted history of the of uh, Old West Wicked Ladies. Anyway, one of the towns I wrote about when I wanted to ask you guys was about Rhyolite. Have you guys been out there? Yeah. Is it haunted? Is it is it really? Does it have? I know that it's kind of like nothing's left out there. but It really isn't. It's, it's, it's just a few scattered remains of the buildings that were. 
I mean, they right, they, right. They, they, well, honestly, though, we've never, we've only been there, I mean, we've been there a few times just to go look at the scenery, but we never really investigated it because there's... It's an outdoor right. investigation. Right, right, exactly, exactly. exactly. And, I mean, I've heard the typical, like, that they have, um, you know, like a miner and all that stuff, but, you know, it was one of those, like, all mining towns, it built up really quick. And then yeah. when things moved off, it just as quickly, even if it was there for a couple of years, then it just empties out because everybody goes off. And I, I think it was only there for like five years. Yeah, it was like a really short time period. But like what you were saying, a lot of these places, they have a lot of like violence and uh, because everybody just pours in there, these miners and people wanting to make the money off the miners and, you know. Well, our ex-mayor, uh, Oscar Goodman, he was, he was a mob attorney and somebody asked him one time in an interview you know can you tell me about you know the bodies being buried in the desert around vegas and he said no <laughs> i can't all i can say is there's a lot of holes in vegas i bet i bet i mean and this town is growing so you know yeah. they're going to come up with fine things out yeah. here <laughs> well yeah i mean i mean well, I, at least the thing out in the <laughs> desert is we have the same thing out here in the Everglades. But the thing is, in the desert, that that preserves bodies a lot better, though. You know the uh, the dryness and stuff. Yep, mummifies them. But it's yeah. That let me ask you: Have you ever had you you have you ever been involved in a in a, an investigation where something followed you guys home, or it was like? What happened? Yeah, it was like, ooh, that yeah, it was like, oh, dude, let's not talk about that. What happened? You can't see the room around us, but we have a lot of glass cases with all kinds of stuff, little trinkets of, yeah. of we've taken from investigations or been given to us, or, uh -huh. you know, we go to these, you know, old abandoned houses. Well, uh, you know, since you know, Brian, like, have you heard of, uh, I'm assuming you heard of um, Goldfield, Nevada? Yes. Where it's, yes. Okay. Um, well, we go there. At least once a year for Goldfield Days, our friends um, actually own a building. The Gunness okay. uh, Buffet, mm -hmm. and that's a 1907, 13,000 square foot uh, former bank, three stories with an unfinished basement. Okay. Um, and, and then really just down the street is oh, Goldfield Hotel. Okay. So uh, two years ago, they were auctioning off doors from the hotel. So we're like, ah, let's go get one. Okay. Got one. And then we got a few other items. And then probably I want to say this past year. Yes. Something that it was like, yeah, it was just very, I don't know, something within our home. You could just feel it and just like energy change. change. Yes. Yeah. So we were, my son and I were at each other's throats constantly. Right. And I was telling my wife something's here, something's here, and she's like, "No, you guys are just on each other." <laughs> right? Yeah, like don't blame the ghost, right? <laughs> so, Diane, our our, uh, she's a clairvoyant, and we asked her to to come and and cleanse the house, which she did, and she told us that there was an older gentleman here, um, that, and a younger girl, and they were in our basement where we're sitting right now, and she said that he is very dominant over her, okay, and that killed her and this was tied to our goldfield stuff whatever we have in here she couldn't pinpoint what they were tied to but it had to do with goldfield and okay. uh the girl feels protected by me so okay. she stays close to me and okay. the man 
trying to agitate the men in the house, and then she knew nothing about this. Okay. Uh, caused the men to be agitated um, to so that the girl would get away from me. Oh my so God. She ended up moving them both on. Yeah. And the interesting and thing is. Was, that's funny when you said about like an accident down the street or something like right. that. There was another young gentleman that was attached to our son that mm -hmm. I guess was car accident and um, he just liked he liked his life yeah he mm -hmm. told her he goes she was trying to move him on and and he's like do I have to go you know I really I, I he was jealous in a way of Dave's life yes he's, he's got a great life yeah so Dave just felt with it and he said you know go ahead and move him on so they moved him on which we haven't had any experiences out there weeks prior months prior to uh, bringing Diane in um, I would sit upstairs and I would we don't smoke but I could smell cigarette smoke really strong she could. Mm -hmm. she's, she's sitting right next to me she she couldn't smell it but I'm like you don't smell it and she's like I don't smell it and it used to happen all the time so I was reading about phantom smells and and it's also a medical condition where you can have either sweet or or pungent uh, sense as you get older, and this could be a, yeah. a, a nerve nervous system issue. So I was thinking, I'm getting older. That's got to be what it is, <laughs> right? But I seeing this, and when Diane came in and and was telling us about this gentleman down here, she said, and I got to tell you this, he reeks of cigarettes. Wow, he reeks of cigarettes. And I looked at Linda, and she's like, okay. And then <laughs> a, a, a week or so before that, you finally stand in the kitchen. She goes, okay, I'm smelling it now. I didn't. She did. Okay. Again, it was kind of neat confirmation because I knew something, I could smell it. I'm like, it smells like somebody's smoking. It was in the wintertime, so we didn't have windows open or anything like that. It was very strong. Yeah. Right. Oops. Right. It's, it, it, and cigarette has a peculiar smell that when you smell yeah. it, it's yes. like. You know, it's, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so obvious. Yeah, and we're not smokers, so you Right, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's really funny now that you mention it. It's this. This hasn't happened like maybe in a. This happened like maybe six months ago. I'm in my office again. Me and my husband were not smokers. Never smoked. And um, a couple of times I would be sitting like where exactly where I'm at right now, <clears throat> and all of a sudden I would start smelling smoke like cigarette, and I'm like, and I'm like, and you know when you almost like, and I was like. Like, I don't want to say coughing, but when you feel like, you know, like when you've actually inhaled smoke and you're like, what in the, and I was like, what is this? And I was, I even got up a couple of times because our kitchen is way off. Like you have to walk way back to the kitchen. It's out of line of sight. And I said, you know what? The first time my, my husband left the stove on, he left, you know, so it was like, I walked back there thinking something's burning or what is this? I mean. Even though it smelled like cigarette, I'm like, and I walk around and I poked my head outside. Again, we have air conditioning on. All my windows are shut. But I was like, this happened, I want to say, for maybe a couple of months. It would just happen on and off. And it was like, this is really weird. After a while, I realized. And it was like, and I want to say even a couple of times, you know, when, when you walk into a room where somebody's been smoking, that there's just a little bit of mistiness, that when you walk in and you kind of like, and yeah, I even wow. had that experience a couple of times, and I was like, this is really weird. This is really weird. But, and then about two or three months ago, my husband tells me his dad 
passed away when um, when he was a little boy and his dad was 39 years old and he had been a super, super, super heavy smoker, like a two pack a day, two, three pack. This guy was, uh, and he tells me, hey, you know what? Uh, I had this really weird dream with my dad. And I said, yeah. And he goes, man, it, it, it got me, it, in it, I was seeing him standing just surrounded by smoke. Like, like, you know, when somebody's been smoking, but there was just something about it that I just got scared because it was like, I, you know, like this, because sometimes, you know, when people dream of people that are deceased as family members, but in the dream, they're not dead. So you're not really scared. It's like, you know, right. you miss that part about that they're dead. But in this one, he recognized, I'm seeing my dead dad, but he says that what really waked him out was that his dad was standing like in a big cloud of like cigarette smoke. And he just was like, man, I don't want to like, and I would, that's when I told, and by the way, I had not mentioned anything to him about my experience that I had been having on and off because it was like, and when he told me that, I said, okay, I'm going to tell you, I've been having these experiences for the last couple of months and I never said anything to you, but I, the, to be honest with you, I never made any connection whatsoever to his dad. His dad passed back in like 1970. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't even make it, no connection whatsoever. And I was like, and I told him, I said, look, some, maybe something's going on with your dad. And he was like, well, I don't want to know what it is. You know, he's. <laughs> but yeah now that you said that thing about the cigarette smoke some that, that's what i'm saying you especially if there's no smokers in the house you absolutely can tell the difference when you smell that smell yes um, i've been here been in two weeks ago and when i got home a day or so later i was i could smell cigar smoke mm -hmm. but i'm not going it could be stuck in my nose or something yeah. i don't know I just talked it up to that. So, uh, just real quick, so have you, are you still experiencing the No, cigarettes? it's really or funny. After we had that conversation, because we were even thinking his mom is, um, she's got Alzheimer's. She's almost, she's really elderly. She's like in her late 80s and she's been, been in hospice. And I even said, I wonder if your dad is trying to give you a heads up. Yes. But we had, but, but the thing is that his mom has been kind of in uh, that state for already like maybe three years. You know, but then we said, I said, well, maybe something's imminent, you know, uh, but no, nothing's happened. And after we had that conversation, I haven't had that experience again. I still don't. I even asked him, I said, what's the, I was thinking sig significant date, but then th that's the thing. It didn't happen once. It didn't happen on a certain date. It happened. I want to say maybe twice a week that I would, I, it was like, what? And it was like, and I would get that. You know, like, um, you know, when the back of your throat gets irritated from smoke, that's, that's what it was like. It was like, okay, I would, and I was like, I can't by the, and also, by the way, I, we live here, like I live on three acres and everybody, all the houses are really set apart. So you can't even say for some reason, somebody standing my neighbor, next door neighbor is smoking and somehow or other the, it's drifting. Yeah. Even though he would have to be puffing away like a mad person. Right. I mean, there's no you know, plausible, reasonable explanation why I would be smelling smoke or cigarette smoke, like somebody smoking. So it has stopped. After I had that conversation with him, it stopped. And uh, I, after what he told me, I do think it was his dad. Now, why? I have no idea. And um, I mean, there's a, some of those things, sometimes it's... You just don't know why. There's always nah. been any questions. So, always been any questions. 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of times things are not like, and I tell people, you know, I've I've heard of a lot of people that they move into places they have experience. They never know the reason for the haunting, and they move out. In other words, there's no resolution. It was like we moved out. <laughs> it was like okay. You know, they, they don't even have that moment like when you went back to your old house and you had that neighbor the, or the lady that moved in asking you that question. They never, they never, it's like, yeah, man, I, 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 we live there and sometimes they put up with it for years. Other times it drives people out within months, Yeah. you know, and sometimes the most they'll get is they'll do a little bit of research and they'll find out, yeah, you know, either house was rented or. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. On the road with T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Whether you're cruising through Nashville on I-40, heading down I-90 to Boston, or touring Santa Cruz on the 5, you'll be covered by the largest 5G network. T-Mobile covers the most interstate highway miles in America with 5G. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Most reliable according to independent third-party Umlaut from crowdsourced user experience data from January to July 2021. Fastest according to Open Signal Awards based on average speeds in USA. 5G user experience report July 2021 are sold like continuously like yeah and that's the only hint they got like yeah it, there's something there because people tend to like cut and cut and leave like right away like forget it we're out of here uh and usually a haunting will do that uh there was another one um there was another group that i spoke to that they're uh out of new mexico in a little town called belen okay. and um they were telling me that they had a client that the, things started happening when uh, I think again it was like a crawl space underneath, and they found an old shoe and a couple of other things. Mm. And when they brought the old, they said you could tell it was like a really old shoe. Uh, and they decided to keep it. One of those things, like, oh, this is so unusual. It's an old, old shoe. <laughs> and they said that once they brought it into the house, that was what open the door for a bunch of stuff to start happening to them. And it's incredible because all this time, this thing was underneath the house and, you know, the ground. It's just undisturbed. Right. Once they brought it into the house, that's when things started happening. Uh, and you think to yourself, okay, you know, at what point, you know, and sometimes we get into that thing about attachments to inanimate objects, like, you know, shoes. <laughs> And that, and that we've, and I don't know if you've had that uh, situation with any of your. Well, you talked about obviously what what you guys brought back from the the Goldfield Hotel, where I talk, I tell people you got to be careful even from these curbside pickups or flea markets or garage sales. Yes. Sometimes you get that great deal. It's not such a great deal. Yeah. Right. Well, we did um, with this this couple that we were just at. We did. Um, take a mirror, they asked us to remove this mirror because- It was left by the previous owner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. actually kind of a cool mirror too. Why, because what they kept, uh, what, this was, they, they kept seeing stuff or what? There yeah. was an attachment to it and- Oh, um, it was. They, yeah. they were compelled to get rid of it 
but afraid. the wife was afraid to get rid of it. She she wanted to get rid of it because she didn't like where it was hanging. She okay. just got a feeling there. Okay. In a closet. And then they started feeling eerie in their bedroom. Started happening. Stuff started happening, and she didn't want to go into the closet for anything. And she just felt that it was that mirror. So I said, you know what? I think that's her senses, you know, telling her, warning right. her. Right. She needs to see that. Um, and they said they're just going to throw it away. And I said, well. I, I have all of these like that in my in my my downstairs. Well, so. no, they weren't gonna make I throw it away, and they were like, "Do you want?" We asked them if they, we wanted to. Do remove you want us it. to remove it? And they said, "Yeah, just please remove it." So we did. We we had uh, uh, Diane. Diane sage it and before we brought it into the house. But. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But and sometimes it's. Yeah, it's just you're better off. You know, I tell people sometimes people don't pay attention to their intuition when they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only, and let me add, when you said that earlier, have you ever gone into an investigation that you realized once you were in there, that it was much darker than just a dead person, a regular old dead person. And you had to like say, okay, we're going to, this is, this is above our pay grade. Uh, yep. Referred it out to somebody that, uh, what happened with that? What, at what point or what happened where you realized, wow, this is not a regular old dead person. Some of those things that we farmed out, the, the team that was supposed to handle it, they never gave us any follow-up. Um, some of the people that they reached out to, they said they never returned their calls. Um, so, yeah, we we, uh, we never really got any answers on those, which is, out here it's common. You know, and we get a lot of people that call us and talk back, and they're like, okay, well, let me talk to my husband. We never hear from them. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I... When I was doing more investigations frequently, I would have that where they call you initially. It's like, help, help, come out yesterday, okay? You know, and then by the time, all of a sudden, it's like, what happened? What happened to the urgency of, uh, I need you out here? We're the wrong group for that. And I I tell people that. I said, look, we're not going to rush out. We need to do some research before we ever go into your home. We need to meet with you. We'll do some baseline readings in your home. We'll talk to you, you know, again. Did you get that feeling? Yeah. You get that feeling, too. We, like we've you done said. it long enough that when you go in there and you go, okay, yeah, these guys are... You know, when people start telling me that things are levitating in their house, um, <laughs> their children are flying across the room, you know, right away I'm like going, you know, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not is who you need to be calling because I don't believe it. <laughs> right, I mean, it's like, yes, exactly. Things happen. I've had rocks thrown. We used to do the uh, the ghost hunts at Bonnie Springs, which uh-huh. is a, an old west town here uh that just recently got, recently got sold and, and it's getting demolished, which is really sad. You want to talk oh. about? They're going to develop. That's it's a very active place, and they're going to they're going to yeah. level it and develop it for homes. Okay, wow. so that's a yeah. shame. But yeah, somebody's going to get an We're interesting get... place to live. It's going to be some yeah, money there. We've had rocks thrown, and you know, those one, are. I well, you can say, well, one time. I mean, this is probably the one time where. At Bonnie Springs, where we really had like activity going on. Yeah, something on. that actually caught us off guard. Wow. And that's uh, we were we, during during October. We would have like uh, you know ghost hunts like after midnight. I mean, because they had the Bonnie Springs, so there were the haunted houses. So the activity level was really high because so many Kids. hundreds of people went through there. Right. 
We were, and, and this time the only two people stayed and showed up, and it was two women, two teachers. So it was kind of funny. So they were there. And, but we still do our hunts anyway, yes, even if it's nobody. So we were, it's called the Wax Museum. We were in this one section. Um, the two ladies were in the left-hand corner of the, of the room. We were kind of at like this little auditorium type right. thing. Mm -hmm. Brian was there, and then Joe, who was, um, if you watch Ghost Adventures, Angry, Angry Joe. Joe. Right. So he was there. Then our son David was kind of to the right, and then there's these long wood benches, like eight, two eight feet long. No, they're about 12 feet. Yeah. And I'm sitting, actually, I'm at the end of the bench, and I'm sitting down. And Brian has the ghost box going on, and then all of a sudden the ghost box got so loud, like, like really wow. crazy. Brian's flashlight started um, pulsating. Yes, pulsating. And, and it's not one of those you can make pulsate. Right, right. It was starting to flicker in my hand. So and then and then at this very moment, there was like three or four things that happened at once. Yeah. So I was on the bench, and this. Never in my life have I had anything like you know how people Remotely. say the 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 bed moved or this or something right. like that. I was on the bench and the bench moved. Oh. And it was like it's all old wooden floors, so they're kind of uneven. Right. So it was knocking stuff, but when it dragged, it went and it did it so fast with her on it. She was the only one on it, and what Joe and I heard was a growl oh my god there you go god i was and gonna we think it was the sound of the bench on yes. the wood floor that made it sound where we were sitting like it was a a growl yeah. and then our um, son david he he heard footsteps rushing, coming up, on uh, rushing on him and then a rock was thrown and it was in a matter of a like Minute. Yeah, really. yeah you know what? For yeah, that was everything. Yeah, for everything to happen like that, that something was. And then all of us were like, like it all happened. And then we're like, it stopped, and then we're like, oh my god! You know, we got we were all, all like, excited about excited. it. And it was funny because the two the two guests that we had, they're just they looking go, at us. They, they were looking at us, and we go, oh, we're starting to explain. And they said, you guys, you know how scary that is for us. <laughs> You have the seasoned investigators. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> we totally forgot they were there. Yeah, it was like, we were, we're like, like oh we're my God, did you hear that? Did you see that? We're, we're all talking about it and stuff. And they were just standing in the corner like, um, hello. <laughs> it was pretty but cool. But I've never, that was like the only time. I mean, I'm sitting on this bench and it moved. That let me tell you something. You know, that takes a lot of energy. That takes so much energy to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised also that you said that that thing that you heard a growl, I wouldn't be surprised that that wasn't the, that was a growl. Yeah. And, and we, we couldn't discount it. The only thing we could think of, cause we tried to recreate, you know, uh, Volker, heavy. yeah, there was no way to, to pull it with her sitting on the end of it. Right. And I'm not saying anything about it. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm talking physics here. Um, yeah, we tried to recreate it. We were it. so mad because we didn't have a recorder going on because, yeah. because was, we just walked in and we it was just, just setting up. And it was yeah. just for the two guests, you know, it's more entertainment. We're ghost hunting with them because that's what we would yes. do, you know. It was just kind of a bummer that we just didn't have that just to hear our reaction. And everybody stuff. was doing their own little thing when we got in there. Everybody was kind of setting up their yeah. own little thing, and then it 
it all happened and everybody was just kind of freaking yeah, out. Really? That was like one, yeah, you know, like you said, it's how many years and you only have, you can, you can have just so many events, you know, that you're lucky to even have those. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And that's, and I tell them, you know, a lot of times it's the timing is like people exactly like what you're saying. People are setting up or they've already broken their stuff down. <laughs> you know, they're putting stuff away uh, or it's just, it just catches you unaware. Uh, I was telling uh, one time we were, um, you know, sometimes we would all meet, you know, everybody would come in a separate car and, um, you know, we'd say, you know, we're not going to stand outside a client's house and talk, but we would have like a little meeting and we'd say, let's, let's go meet at the parking lot of the Burger King or the Gassy, whatever. And let's do like a 10 minute, like, what did you get? What'd you get? And then everybody go home. And I remember one time we, we did that. It was like really late. I want to say it was maybe like one in the morning. It was really quiet. We pulled into this, like one of these, um, gas stations with a little quick mark thing, but there was nobody there. It was like empty. It was really, and we're just like, okay, you know, we're talking and we just, you know, we have pulled our cars in and we're just standing outside of our cars talking. And I remember all of a sudden, no, we had two situations. One time we were there and all of a sudden we hear what sounds like a conversation of several people talking, but you couldn't make out what they were saying. And you know, like all of a sudden you're talking and you're not, not paying attention to it. But then all of a sudden you could tell we all like stopped talking and it was like, man, what? And we're looking around because the parking lot had been like empty. It was like, you, and you could tell there was like a dumpster over there. There was, the, the, it was like, and we're like, where's it coming from? And we're like, you can tell we're all looking around like, where's this group of people that are talking that we're overhearing? And we're like, fry and fight. Is there a big, like, like a, where? No explanation for what that conversation was. Okay. Wow. And again, it was one of those things where, we all became aware of it and, and we all said, but did you, and it sounded like more, like at least three people. It was like a murmur of voices, but we could never make out what the conversation was. And we all said, did you, and it was like, everybody had the same thing. And there was another time, same thing, you know, after an investigation, we had pulled in and we're talking and all of a sudden we hear a thumping coming from thumping or like from the trunk of one of the vehicles. Okay. Like something moving in there, like, and I remember we all looked at each other. We looked at the girl that it was her car. Like, man, where did you lock it? The trunk of your car, you know? And she's looking at us like, ah, like, ah. And we're like, you need to open your trunk. And you know, she was like, because we're not opening it. It's your trunk. You're opening it. And sure enough, she opened it. There was nothing in there. And when we were sitting there, okay, she, the, you know, she just had this, you know, stuff that people usually carry in the trunk of their car. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing in there. I mean, it, it sounded, I want to say for lack of a better, it was almost like something's alive that's in there. You know, when something's stuck in a small space. And then she, you know, she, you know, she was totally wigged out, totally wigged out. And then all of a sudden she like, I remember she goes, to, this was around the time, you know, when the Beanie Babies were like really the big thing, the big deal. And she had a couple of them that she put, I guess, on the dashboard of her car. And she's like, she goes, ah, she's, I remember she goes like into her car. We had him, we were like, okay, what? We were like, all of a sudden she comes bolting out of her car. She's like, the bitty babies, the bitty babies that I had on my dashboard, they're on the, they're on the floor of the car. We're like, the what, the what? You know, (laughs) because we were like, you know, it was like one of those things that everybody heard it. 
and again, you're not expecting it. And as a matter of fact, I, I tell everybody, this is where I learned to make sure that before I left an investigation, I smudged down my vehicle because absolutely stuff does sometimes try to hitchhike with you home. Uh, and it was, again, things that it wasn't scary per se in the sense of it wasn't horrible or anything. It was just so unusual. But my point being, none of us had any type of equipment running. <laughs> and no, we, we had nothing. We were just standing around uh, just having a conversation. And so the last thing we expected was to have that happen. We were like totally unprepared. Right, because you left the home. You went. Well, no, we left the home. They don't know it. Right, and this was like a ten-minute, like, hey, yeah, okay, well, did you do that? What do you think? Okay, well, we're fine. Okay, look, everybody, go home. You know, be on your way. So, yeah, sometimes with paranormal investigators, the the most you got is the other person, hopefully, that's with you, <laughs> that experienced the same thing, and you kind of like, what did you see or what did you hear? What did you feel? And then you kind of coincide, and you realize you. Like what mass hallucination, right? But yeah, the the sometimes the stuff is there. But like you were saying earlier, what really matters is that you yourself you understand what you experienced, and that's really at the end of the day, you know. Yes. Like it's like even if I don't ever capture proof or convince whatever the person that doesn't want to be convinced, I know that the experience I had was legitimate. And contrary no. to a lot of people, ghost hunters, most ghost hunters have a really high bar as far as what they all accept as valid proof. Which I think is good. Well, yeah, no, a lot of times people think that because you do paranormal investigations, you'll take anything. And it's like, no, on the contrary, you know. We, you have to, and we, we have uh, Jason on our team. He's a he's actually a science teacher, and now he's a dean for, for Clark County School District. And... He, he's the uh, skeptic. He's our, mm-hmm. he's a tech guy, but he's also a skeptic. Right. And I mean, if something happens, we all, we're on the floor, we're, you know, wherever we need to go to figure out what this could be. And I mean, that's rule number one. You have to figure out, can you recreate it? Right. Can you create it again on your own by, you know, opening or closing a door, creating a draft mm-hmm. or suction or any of that stuff? Did the air conditioner kick on? Um, if you, you you got to do due diligence. It's too often that we um, see stuff or hear stuff. People will, will ask us to look at stuff. And I tell them, I wasn't there. Right. I wasn't there. I, I, I would be doing your evidence, if, if that's what you're calling it. I, I would be doing it in injustice to make any, any judgment on it. Because I don't know what the atmospheric conditions were. I don't know right. where the location is, what the weather, you know, all these different things that play in yeah. to... to what could possibly be. And they always think they caught something. Everybody. Yes. And, Everybody. And, and, and again, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to blame, you know, the paranormal shows. Because I'm going to say, you know, once upon a time, people were like, as a matter of fact, they would keep it to themselves, like the haunted house. You didn't want anybody to, you know, know that you were having experiences. Uh, but, you know, it was like, uh, but people in, in, in reality, and I'm, how can I say it? Depending also on what's happening. Sometimes, like I said, if it's residual eh, or if it's not. But sometimes people don't realize, man, do you realize that if what you want to have happen for it to be a legitimate haunting is not really a good thing? You should be happy if a team goes in there and says, by the way, 
you know what? You move that piece of furniture and now that draft you're feeling is the, you know, maybe it was blocking a draft of, you know, and that's what's causing that or, you know, whatever it is that they're saying, that phenomena. That's, that it's, it's logical. You know, there's nothing paranormal here. Instead of people going, oh, thank God. They're like, oh, no, no, I can't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys. I don't think you did it right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. really weird, and I think again the popularity of the shows, um, and mm -hmm. and what they're what they're putting out, it it's you know because I get questions in my field where we work. You know, people are always telling us about what happened in their house. We mm -hmm. say everybody has a story. Everybody right. has a story. So right. sooner or later, even the hardest skeptic will come up and say, okay. I got to tell you what happened this one time. And they have this story. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, you know, well, I'll tell you what, you know who the exceptions to that rule are people like you guys, people that grew up in a truly legitimate haunted house. And because they were a kid or for different circumstances, couldn't move out. In other words, they were like, God, those are the ones that are not anxious unless it really truly is a, a, a true paranormal they're they're not really looking for it to find have a ghost because they know what that's like it's like nah man I, I already been there done that and it's not fun especially if it has any type of darkness or malevolence behind it they're they, they're not they don't want to have the 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 reveal which is like yeah you do have a ghost it's like oh shoot crap i don't want that you know yeah Hispanics went out. They wanted out. They yeah. Just yeah, it's like yes, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, but I, and I and I don't know that sometimes I think people also nowadays they they don't know how to claim their space as far as their houses. You know what I'm saying? They're they give it away too easy. Yeah. Uh, instead of saying, hey, you know, this is your house. It's your house. So tell the dead person. You can start off by saying you're dead. In case yeah. in case they're one of these that missed the memo about the your dead part you know? <laughs> because you know there's a lot of them out there you know that if it is a true haunting they might be confused they you know they might have died violently maybe uh, under medications anesthetized whatever and they miss the the uh your transition but they're still self-aware and they're just looking like can somebody tell me what happened uh or i can't remember to yeah i mean there's right. a lot of theories as to what's involved when a person you know gets stuck or it's earthbound, but yeah, um, I find that, I, I think it's good because it's more mainstream and more people are willing to talk about it. But the flip side of it is sometimes people are too eager to have a haunted house and it's like, eh, not really, you know? And yeah. uh, I'm sure you, sorry, go ahead. People are too quick to know, they're like, oh, I watched Annabelle or I watched, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I think it happens. Uh, look, these are all based on reported stories you know whether they're true or not nobody truly knows and it's a movie. it's a movie so they it's entertainment you know, yeah i always like to pull out a picture of the real annabelle and i said this is the real annabelle it's and a they're raggedy like, ann they're like that's a raggedy ann on the go that's the real annabelle yeah. uh -huh. they portrayed and that's a great that's a great example of what hollywood does to reality right to make right. it scarier and that's what that's what all these shows do. A lot of them glamorize, you know, demons. Everything's demon. Everything's demon. They don't exist. I'm saying they're very rare. These well, instances. And and this is the thing that like the the difference is that like you said, when you go see a horror movie, you get scared, but then the lights go up and it's it. 
You go home. Ah, oh, it's yeah. just a movie. Okay. Let me get back to real life. But if you do have something in your house, where do you, what are you gonna do? You're living there. Yep. You know, uh, if you got a family, if you got kids, it's like right. okay, you can't say I don't want to do this anymore. It's like oh, uh, how about have you? I mean, I'm sure maybe you have. Have you run across people who, for lack of a better word, dabbled or invited stuff in? Yep. And yeah. then they changed their minds after they realized the reality of doing that. When they were younger, they did it when they were younger, and something followed them the whole time, and mm -hmm. they're more aware of it because it's you know either getting frustrated, you're not paying attention, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little bit more um, loud or whatever, and now you're starting to pay attention. Then you go, oh yeah, I remember when I was in my twenties. You know, we you know had this big satanic. Uh, oh, yeah. And candles and stuff. I forgot yeah. about them. Yeah, I forgot about them. Yeah, we get, we get that a lot. You know, people yeah. doing well, that kind this, of stuff. Or, you know, just the phone. They use the apps on the phone or they go buy mm -hmm. the equipment. If they don't understand what they're doing. They could know? be inviting something in. And that's yeah, what sure. people they think. It's just a Ouija board. No, Ouija board was a tool. It's what you were using that tool right. for that caused the problem. So yeah. if you're using your phone in that manner or, you know, a shoe, and you're saying, you know, I want you to manifest because of the shoe or whatever. Right. You, call it a spirit. you may get something you don't want. So course, it can happen with a lot of different ways, not just a Ouija board or, you know, whatever. Right, right. And, and I tell people a lot of times, you, you know, you could be collateral damage. You could just be there looking and you still yeah. could get an attachment or get something just... Even if you were just there hanging out like, oh, I wonder what's going to go on, you know. Yeah, sometimes you just talk about wrong place, wrong time. Uh, the shows, you know, people are a little bit more, so is it, oh, that, you know, I saw Jason and Grant, you know, trying to talk to the spirits. So let's, you know, we, they get together and they try it in their home. They can conjure up something. Something can enter their home that they didn't expect. So. That's how come I will, you know, I just don't want to investigate our home or or even when we get new equipment, it's never done at our home. It's always like, okay, if we have right. some work going, we take our stuff and we do it there. It's never in our home. Right, because you're, you're extending. Yeah, you're trying. You might be testing it, but how do you test it? It's trying to communicate, and sometimes, yeah, you're like, there's a lot of there's a lot of earthbound spirits that are not bound to a place. Right. They're you know they're free floating. They're and all you need to do is, you know they. You might yeah. just be wanting to see, does this equipment work or how does it work? And they're like, hey. Yeah. And yes, then, <laughs> yeah, people don't realize that it could, sometimes it could be that easy. Not to make anybody paranoid, but that's, it, see. But it can be. It's got to yes. be done. It's got to be done in, in a safe manner. Yeah. And that's, yes. yes. That's the dangerous part of people that newly, the newbies that get into this field because, oh, you know, they oh, want to sure. get a show or they want to get famous or whatever, you know, they, they go in, you know, we, we met a team, a local team that was starting up, and they asked us to come talk um, at one of their meetings, which we did. And, uh, you know, they right away, they're like, oh, no, I like to provoke, and I go in, and, and I do this, and I demand, and all that stuff. And we were just kind of, like, we got turned off right away. We're like, okay, these guys are, they're going to need help yeah. on the road because they're going to yeah. they're gonna yeah. something attached that or they, do harm. they can't get rid of it. The same guy was on Facebook not too long ago. He said that he was involved in a case that that was uh, appeared to be demonic, and he sh he took a picture of a book. It, it wasn't. I'm trying to think. It was a ritual uh, exorcism ritual book. 
right for, for use by clergy mm -hmm. and, and yeah so i'm i'm reading up so i can handle this and i'm like wait wow you can just read this book and you're not you're gonna know how to deal with this yeah sure you go right ahead and you do that you're gonna get yeah. a big old bullseye on your head from the from yes. things you don't want but yeah mm -hmm. People, I had um, had another guest. He had a group out of uh, Washington State, and he told me how one time his group they they uh, one of these old uh, you know hospital asylum things you know, and they were one of the first few teams that they were allowing to do like an overnight investigation, and he says that him and a buddy went to the part where that was like the third floor. This is where they kept like the worst of the worst in the asylum. In other words, these were the homicidal uh, people that, you know, you couldn't even let them be with other patients. Right. And he said how, I mean, obviously this whole area already had uh, a history of being haunted. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row. Proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. This was a really old place. I'm like, I'm not surprised, of course. But he says that at the end of this hallway, he sees what he described as a shadow man kind of figure with red eyes. And he did something really stupid. He, he provoked it. He confronted it. And he said, okay, you know, this is something. And he says, the next thing you know, they had, they were staying, they were camping out close by on the grounds because apparently this place is like in a really rural area. Uh, where it's situated at. And he says that first thing, one of their team members saw something in the woods that quit that same day, said, I'm out of here. I don't want to be on this team. Wouldn't say what that person saw in the woods. Wow. And he says that after that, he says he went into a year-long depression. The whole team broke up. Everybody went their own way. And when we spoke, when I was have, uh, in the, talking to him, it was like he was just getting the, another team back together and everything was fine. He was, he was doing okay. And, um, but then he's telling me, I am applying to go back and I'm like, okay, all right. Okay. That's crazy. But again, this is when people, they, I tell them, you know, and I want to say, I want to put on the men because sometimes men do sometimes that confrontation provoking thing. And sometimes, especially if it's thin air and it's like, when you really don't know what you're dealing with, okay, because maybe it is a, just a dead guy, a human dead guy, but you really in reality don't know, nope. you know, what it is that you're coming up against. Are you talking an elemental? Are we talking on a human entity, a demonic? 
something that's going to take that confrontation or provocation as an invite to, oh, you want to you wanna dance? We're going to dance. Yeah. And that's why when I asked you earlier about people, you know, doing that provocation confrontation thing, that sometimes they have no idea what a Pandora's box that could be when it comes to the, the supernatural. And I tell them, you know what? And stuff like this doesn't work. Like, like you were saying, oh, you know, people are levitating or my kids flying across. It starts to unravel their lives kind of slowly, you know? Uh, and then when you start, you know, if they ever get to the point where they're asking for help, you go back to the point of origin and it is a situation like that. Yeah, Reach board. Uh, I went on an investigation and I wanted to provoke, confront because nothing was happening and, you know, I was going to have the, the, the last, first and last word and it's like, nah, not a yeah. smart thing. Good yeah. advice for any newbie um, or wannabe uh, uh, investigators out there yeah. that uh, if you really don't know what it is, or, or worst case scenario, if you ever come across something, you really think, man, I'm out of my depth. Retreat, <laughs> you know, yeah. retreat, retreat and get uh, either come back with help or refer them to um, to maybe somebody like you said, that that's what they specialize in. We tell people all the time, you know, they're, they a lot of people always email us. They want to join our group. Mm -hmm. We're not accepting new members, but I always tell them, they go, well, can you give me any advice? On becoming a ghost hunter or a ghost or a paranormal investigator, I tell them read. Yeah, get as many books as you can on the subject, and and just read them because you you have to know what you're dealing with. You know, you don't buy, go buy a gun and then walk right. in books to hunt. Yeah, it's, it's rules exactly. and regulations, and there's there's safety. Safety is is just as important in our field as it is in hunting. Yes, you know, deer or whatever it is that you do, um, and and people don't seem to understand that. And that's when they see the shows and they're like, I'm going to go provoke and I'm going to do this thing and yeah. you know, I'm going to take that on campus. And guess what? You're not. You're going to end up in a bad way. Well, yeah, because they, they don't realize that these shows, they go roll in there and then after a few days, they gather all their things and they're off. They're, they're not there. They don't stay behind in that, in that uh, home or in that location. They're gone. They're off to their other, you know, whatever they're, they're going to be filming. So sometimes they... They're not there to witness what they might have stirred up. Correct. Correct. And sometimes they do. Sometimes I know that behind the scenes, sometimes they have their own experiences, but a lot of times they just, you know, they 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 kind of like it, but it's but it looks good on TV. Yes. <laughs> on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But anyway, guys, I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. You guys have been absolutely wonderful. And I want to ask you for my podcast listeners, what is your website? Our website is EliteVegasParanormalSociety.com. Okay, and I'm going to have that link in the credits of the show. So let me ask you, do you guys have uh, any projects, anything coming up that you're going to be doing? Um, I know you were saying that at one point Sitting you were in. doing the ghost hunting, uh, like the, you know, taking people around. Um, actually, um, here soon, hopefully August, we will be having a live talk show at Binion's Casino. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be called Talking Paranormal. Okay, great. Be the host. We will have guests. Um, it's an hour-long show. Okay. In the Apache uh, showroom. showroom, and then afterwards, there's also a ghost hunt as well. Uh, oh, really? 
That is fantastic. Do you got a a date yet or just in August? You're not sure yet when you're going to launch it. I want to say August. I would love to give you the date, but we're just going to. It looks like it's going to be August 10th. Okay. And we're actually actually sitting in the the set. This is what. Okay. This is the setup. Wow. That is great. It'll be at the Apache Showroom and it'll be the second Saturday of every month. That is fantastic. Congratulations, man. That's a great idea. That is a fantastic idea. And I imagine maybe you have some Halloween stuff because that's always the month that everybody's like, yeah. 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 And we used to do the Las Vegas Paracon, which was a huge undertaking. And uh, uh, we we let that go after uh, a few years. But, you know, we made a lot of friends in the the industry. Mm -hmm. uh, Shows and stuff. So we're going to... You know, when we get to a point where we can bring those people out and have them as guests on the show, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. That is fantastic. That is wonderful, guys. Again, congratulations and the best of luck. And uh, I'll be touching base with you guys because I would love to have you guys back so you could tell me what, you know, about your talk show and about other experiences you guys have had. Absolutely. We'd love to do it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. You've both been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. There we go. So, are they an interesting group of people or what? I think they're fantastic. Personally. God, that's great. So, I've been anybody out in Vegas or planning to visit Vegas in August, you know, you might want to check the dates that you're going because that sounds like talk about the paranormal and then have a ghost hunt now see that's that's what i call an interesting evening and like again they've been around for a while 2008 we're talking here 11 years okay and um you know this is what i tell everybody as far as uh you know well i mean besides the fact obviously that you know they're married but you know the, the the team but still uh, that they've persisted in it because it's not the, the fact whether it's the that people persist in doing paranormal investigations one of two things happens one they either get bored because it's not as exciting as you know people see on tv uh or um and i think this is really good especially for teams that are smaller whether you're talking it's just a family unit or two people where Especially, well, it, you get more selective about the um, about the cases that you're willing to take, okay? And the reason I say this is that uh, people don't realize that, you know, there's sometimes when you're brand new and you just started, um, you know, and and you and you, you, you want to take just about any case, you know, you 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 want to go out there and. Uh, have that experience, uh, you know, even if it turns out to be nothing, you still want to have that experience. Um, and then you realize, you know, after a while that you do this for a bit, you, like they said, they you start picking and choosing either 
the person uh, who you, let's say, pre-interview, something just doesn't seem right to you for whatever reason. Either they're too over the top or um, just something is off, something is wrong, that you could say, you know what, this is not really, um, this is going to be a waste of time. And uh, that's one of the good things also when you have a smaller team that you pick and choose. Do I really want to do this investigation? Do I really want to go out there and, you know, put my effort into it? You know, whether it's the equipment, if there's any travel involved. And um, and in a way, it's not bad to be choosy. You know, you it, it, like I said, everybody's really eager when you start doing this at the very beginning. That, you know, you go into a lot of cases, and I've said it before, when it comes to paranormal investigations, yeah, you watch the shows and you read books, but there's nothing like field work. And a lot of the, like in everything, it's not just paranormal investigations, where you really, really learn is from doing the legwork, the field work, the boring investigations, the ones where there's nothing there, the ones where the, if you capture anything, it's minimal at best. And, um, you know, sometimes you have an opportunity to return to some places and sometimes you don't. Depends on what the location is or if the homeowner and, um, and I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. There's some times that you will go, let's say, let's, let, let's say it's uh, somebody's house and the time you go, little or nothing happens. Little or nothing happens because just that's the way the supernatural is for whatever reason. Uh, and you capture very little evidence and, you know, after maybe you review your stuff and even your own personal experience, like I said, you don't, I've been to investigations where, I mean, I knew something was going on. My body was like wigging out, giving me all the signs that I know. When I looked at the evidence, it was like nothing, nothing, nothing captured. Or the other way around, you don't get it. And then when you look at the evidence, it's like, wow, well, that, this, that, that was happening. But anyway, let's say at the end of the day, you you come back to this client and you tell them, look, we captured little or no evidence. We're not saying there's nothing here. We're not saying you're lying. Guess what? Sometimes they're so um, bent on getting evidence or confirmation that they don't even let you come back a second time. They run off and they try to get another group because for whatever reason, uh they, they, they want answers right away or they want you to identify or they want you to get proof. And same thing could happen with another group. Or maybe the timing on the other group is great. My point being that sometimes you don't have the luxury of being able to return to some location and actually capture more evidence. Again, to say, yeah, you know what, what you're talking about, we were able to capture evidence for you. Um... It's, it's, it's a very weird dynamic that goes on there. And again, a lot of this, you kind of prejudge when, when you have a little bit of experience and you talk to clients. That's what I'm saying. When you pick and choose, am I going to see this client? Am I going to try to help this client? What are their expectations? What do they want me to do for them? And that's a very important question. What, what at the end of this, you know, what do you want from us? If, if let's say, what, what are you looking for? You know, is it, do you, do, would you want to get rid of, I mean, <clears throat> what's, what's going on here? Um, and that will give you a really good indicator of, do I want to proceed with this case? And if you're a smaller group and you need to pick and choose your cases, this is, this is the point where you say yay or nay. 
you know, and you either pass on it or even recommend them or refer them to somebody else, depending on the answers that you get to that question. What do you want from us? What were your expectations? What do you expect at the end of everything to happen? And I want to tell you something. I've been on investigations where it's not really been something really horrible. Maybe some a little bit of residual thrown in. And, you know, blessings are done. They're smudging and other stuff. And stuff doesn't stop. Okay, and we'll get, you know, we get back to that thing that I talk about that sometimes people think in a poof that just because you get a paranormal team to go in there and do some type of blessing or house blessing or smudging or even clergy, uh, that, that that's it. And it's not like that. Some A lot of times this is something that they need to carry on themselves and then it just little by little it recedes. It recedes. And I want to say if it's residual or energy based, like just memories that are in place there, they kind of start like peeling away. They start disappearing, you know, whether it's the smudging or prayers or blessings. Um, if you've got an intelligent haunting, you know, you might have an entity that at the beginning is really stubborn and does not want to leave. It might be aware that it's that they're deceased. They just don't want to leave ownership, afraid of the afterlife. If you've got somebody that doesn't not aware that they're dead, they're kind of confused, but it's like, this is what I know, whatever. I've been here. I've been hanging out with his family. Uh, and, but even after, you know, when the family still does their own thing afterwards, there comes a point where what you do, maybe that entity has like, I want to call it a moment of clarity. Little by little, where all of a sudden, one of two things, depending how long this person might have been deceased, maybe they had forgotten who they were, what happened to them. Little by little, their memory comes back. Or maybe maybe they died under circumstances that they didn't want to die. Maybe they were young, you know, uh, or they didn't think it was fair. They got sick. They're kind of stuck in a loop of it's not fair, I'm not dead, I'm not dead. And it's like, Almost when that family were existing, you know, not what we see with our eyes, you know, like in a metaphysical space, it almost allows that entity to gain a clarity or an acceptance of what is really happened to them. And once that happens, it allows them to kind of see when maybe their loved ones come for them. You know, sometimes, you know, when a person is so caught up in, you know, in their head, and they don't want to see what's in front of them. I want to say that this is what happens sometimes with these ghost uh, earthbound entities. And it's almost like when people pray for them, uh, you you know, you smudge, you have blessings, and you're telling them, you be on your way, peace be with you. That all of a sudden is like a process, like all of a sudden they, they might start thinking, you know what, maybe I am dead, you know, maybe, or they start having memories maybe of what happened, and and almost they almost allowed sometimes to actually and i think that once they come start coming around to the let's say let's let's go with the um scenario that you've got an entity that didn't want to accept they were dead suspected it but never want to accept it like you know one of those things that if i say yeah then it'll be so and then what um and it's almost like when you have critical mass you know when you push on something heavy 
and at the beginning it doesn't feel like it's moving and then all of a sudden it moves you dislodge it you have you've reached critical mass it's, uh, it's the same thing where you get to that point where that soul something happens little by little where there's acceptance with that acceptance comes the ability to maybe see when loved ones come for them and say come come with us it's okay don't nothing to be afraid of we've been trying to get you to come over for a long time you know the letting go the shedding of what i call the ego which is i'm gonna be okay or if that was let's say it was where they lived i don't need the house anymore because you know all those concerns that we have as live human beings they don't matter anymore and you realize it so leaving everything behind doesn't doesn't really matter you know sometimes including that feeling let's say of being earthbound like oh why did i die it wasn't fair or i shouldn't have died when i was young or why did i get sick or you know i'm just this is for instances but all those things that people get stuck in a loop it's like it's not fair it's not fair why 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 all of a sudden there's like a letting go like a surrender of you're never going to have a reason as to why you experience certain things it doesn't matter anymore so that's why i'm saying that a lot of times and i'm going to say this again because I, um you know i i look at all the shows and uh about the only one that i see that actually gives people homework kind of in a way even though sometimes the outcome is kind of drastic is the dead files with amy allen where she kind of leaves a to-do list for the people even though in her cases some of the hauntings pretty extreme and you know i'm sure in some cases she's telling people you got to move out which by the way i i understand that she's giving it to them with both barrels but let me tell you something sometimes that's not a viable option for somebody okay and can you imagine you've already been experiencing probably something horrific because believe me if at the end of the show she's telling you you need to move usually you've been experiencing this pretty bad but then to be told oh by the way uh i wouldn't even try to there's nothing here that i can really tell you to do to make it better because this is this place is like forget it you know your best bet is that you need to get yourself out of here you and your family because i think to myself god that's got to be such a dilemma especially if you've got children that you want to and you now you're scared wilderness because if you were scared before now you've had somebody come in there and tell you oh by the way yeah and uh i'm confirming that everything and what's been causing all these things is this and this and this and probably maybe something non-human and and then you can't move away because just financially let's say you can't you can't that has got to be such a horrible feeling and that's the only part that sometimes i have a big disagreement with about as far as that show goes uh because um i recognize that sometimes as a matter of fact i suspect more families than not do not have the luxury of being able to move away or it would be like i need to sell my house before i can move because if not, i don't sell this house and i'm not i can't walk away from my house or i don't have the money you know i've sunk what little money into a deposit and my landlord is not going to accept the uh, your house this house is haunted as a way to break the lease and give me back my deposit or whatever so i'm stuck okay 
Uh, that's the only time that I, you know, but again, the point being that she's about one of the few ones that I've seen in the shows that actually give people homework to do. Uh, and kind of puts it back on them the responsibility of what you need to do to clear this place or, you know, even though a lot of times she'll say, you know, you need to bring in this type of uh, person, either a medium or a shaman or whatever, to come and work with what's here. You know, uh, and that's another thing, <laughs> you know, I guess depending, that's, a, that's another thing, you know, depending on what part of the country you live in, what if you live in this small to mid-sized town? My point being that the kind of person that she's saying you need to have come and help you is like, not around here, not even close. Like, what do you do? You know, maybe a psychic. Yeah, most, you could probably entice a psychic. They've been more common. But what if you get like some weird, like tell her, you know, you need to bring in this type of person and you're like, uh, yeah, I wish, but where do I get, where do I find a person like that? And willing to come and help. That's another thing. So, yeah, but if you read my last book that I put out, Supernatural Safety Paranormal DIY Guide, I explain a lot of stuff that you can do there on your own before, during, and after when you suspect that you've got paranormal stuff going on. Don't become so disempowered uh, or you know, throw up your hands and say, oh, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm doomed. I'm never, you know, my life is never going to be the same again. Uh, not really. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can do. And in the book, I specify which are the couple of situations where it's like, stop, don't do anything yourself. You need to get help. You know, this, if this and this and this is happening, then you need to get help. And even then, even then, okay, there's a difference between I'm going to actively try to get rid of this entity versus I'm going to do spiritual self-care or protection for myself. And believe it or not, sometimes that pushes stuff away. It pushes them out. It diminishes activity. Okay. The thing is you can't become complacent and say, oh, it's gone or, oh, it stopped or it slowed down because what, what will happen is it will pick up steam again. So it's, you know, if you need help, you need help. But there's a lot of stuff that you can and should do. And like I say, you know what? Whoever you get in there, whether it's clergy or paranormal group, they're going to be there for a few, a one day, a few hours, whatever. The one that's living there is you and your family or whatever the case might be. So that there's things, believe me, helplessness is, you know, of things that you could do. As a matter of fact, um... In some cases, let's say, let's say you get to, let's say, let's go down with a scenario where, ah, whatever's here, it's really dark. And I've gotten, maybe I've already had clergy come over with blessings and saging and uh, and all it does is slow it down. But whatever's here is like, I, but I, 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 in other words, and even if I could, I just don't want to live in this place anymore. I just do not want to live here anymore. Even if it gets cleared because I just, I've got PTSD for this place. You know, I, I, I don't want to stay here anymore. I've heard that sometimes stuff like this, that some of the recommendations and have in the book, it almost like allows you to put that house and sell it 
because I have had a lot of cases where people will say that they've been trying to get rid of property and they can't sell it because whatever is happening there, whatever is there, which of course is intelligent, this is not going to happen with a residual haunting, almost blots the sale of the house. And you could ask yourself, which I don't have the answer to, how they can manipulate things, but yeah. Uh, but there's stuff that you could do to slow it down, to kind of like push it back so that you could get the sale of the house done. Have people come and look at it. And of course, you know, I know every state has different laws pertaining to disclosure on haunted houses. So that's something you would have to look up depending on where you live. So you can get the hell out of Dodge. So the point being, go buy my book. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for being part of my audience. You are wonderful. I hope you like this interview. Go visit them. I'm going to have a credit, uh, a link to, uh, in the credits of the show. And I've got a lot of fantastic guests coming on. So make sure you subscribe. You get notifications wherever it is that you're finding us, whether it's on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms. Make sure to no get notifications. And that way you're on the up and up with every show that we I put out. Take care. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.